this morning. I kind of like churches like this. Uh, I've just been to Korea and Sunday morning we had to go to this church and about 300 people there and 90% of them I reckon were under 30. It was quite incredible. Such a young church, but so vibrant, so full of faith. And uh, if you know the story of North and South Korea, they're believing big for the future. 67, 76 churches closed down in North Korea overnight when they were shut off. You know what? They've got a plan. As soon as North Korea opens, they'll be back in. They're believing God. They've got the money away. I like that, don't you? That's cool. So how big is our faith this morning? Uh, every time I watch Papua New Guinea, it captures my heart because I was there for three years. Just tell you a couple of quick stories. So self-denial appeal. So I go to Hohola Kaur in PNG and I'm sitting there and usually across from me sat a lady who was a grandma in Papua New Guinea, you call them a boo-boo. So I want you to adopt that here, you boo-boos, all right? So... Uh, Boo-Boo's sitting there and she always brought this little guy and I, it was her grandson and she had all these sores over her legs. She was incredibly poor, I could just tell. And self-denial, they believe absolutely in self-denial, self-denial Sunday, she comes and she brings her gift and the little guy had like this little bit of paper that they'd wrapped up the coins and he follows and I cried that morning. Because you know what I said to her later, that was beautiful. And she said, I have to give to people who are poorer than me. And then I go up to the Highlands and I watch as they dance and they had billum bags in Papua New Guinea that sometimes the babies are in, sometimes pigs are in. But you know what? They'd had a bumper crop that year. And so the ladies come and they're dancing and they're swinging their billums. And they're bringing their first fruits so that they can be sold so that someone poorer than them can receive that money. I think, oh, my goodness, how beautiful. So I willingly give to self-denial. In fact, it's already in the bank. And uh, we want to bless out of our generosity. You see, they have nothing, but they have everything. And sometimes we have everything and what do we got? So it's such a challenge, isn't it? Stanley, I know Stanley, beautiful. I know the young captain this morning, beautiful. Because the education deal in Papua New Guinea is about 11% of people get jobs. So if you don't get an education, you haven't got a hope. If you ever get to go to Papua New Guinea, go, won't you? Just be careful, but you'll have a ball, all right? (laughs) Machetes around the neck are not a good thing. I did have a DC, Major Michael, who says to me one day, if anyone touches you, I will cut them. I said, no, you won't, Major. He says, I would cut them. And I thought, yeah, you probably would. Okay. (laughs) So very interesting place. So this morning, let's have a chat about Elijah. Now, when I was a I love seeing the kids out here. Isn't that wonderful? You've got so many kids. That's a blessing. I had to go to so many core and there are no kids and there are no young people. That's a blessing. And I want to talk about that this morning. One of my, I've lost my voice because I went to that Collingwood Geelong match. Such a sad <laughs> match. No, no, we're not going to talk about it. It's just a practice ready. Okay. So 
when I was a little guy, little girl, I used to go to primary, it was called, basically little Sunday school. And uh, I love this story about Elijah. Did you ever love the story of Elijah? So, you know, there's the prophets of Baal and they're going to call down Baal. And then there's Elijah standing by himself, kind of like a Geelong Cats match, just, you know, just giving the, the opposition heaps. And Elijah saying, oh, yeah, throw water on, throw whatever on, because my God's going to come through. Elijah's God did come through. It was so easy, that victory. But he went off and Jezebel says, let's go after him. This is the queen at the time. And so he goes and does a big sook, okay? He goes and hides in a cave. Have you ever done a big sook after a big victory? No, nobody here, okay? Nobody here. It's kind of like that brokenness we've spoken about a couple of times this morning. God does a great victory in your life and then there's a bit of a downer. So Elijah's on a bit of a downer and he goes off to this cave and he kind of hides away. He's exhausted actually, he's exhausted. And an angel comes and ministers and gives him a couple of scones Now, the next thing he says is, Elijah, I want you to go back the way you came because there are kings to appoint and prophets to anoint. What might that mean for us in these days? Now, he goes and finds Elisha. Now, I reckon Elisha had the most boring job in the world. Can you imagine this? I hope there's no farmers here. Okay, Plough the fields. Plough the fields. I would be thinking that's got to be eight hours and it'd be five minutes, all right? All day long. Now, Elijah says, go burn the cow, burn the plough. We're going to have a feast and then we're going to go because God's got his hand on you. And he left what he knew to come follow Jesus. Well, to come follow God. What does that mean to you in these days? Burn the cow, burn the plough. What is it we've got to burn in order to go follow Jesus? Because, you know, I think about this often. I think, why does a young guy run from Western Australia to Sydney? you just got to be a bit insane, don't you, okay? Quite insane, I agree. So he does that because he believes in homelessness, What would I burn the cow and burn the plough over because I believe so strongly in Jesus? Because we need significance in our life and we need belonging. And I have to tell you, all through this meeting this morning, that's what I've heard. We want this church to be significant. We want our lives to count. We want to belong to a family and we will go and do something magnificent for God. And I love that because there's nothing better you can do with your life, is there? That I would give my life for his glory. So if he calls you to go live in Papua New Guinea and serve there, go. If he, serves you, if he calls you to go to the schools all throughout this area and serve, you do it. Whatever he says to you, remember the still small voice, we want to do it, don't we? So Elisha goes, he leaves what he's known, and he goes to become a prophet. Now, a prophet wouldn't have been an easy job, would it? They really uh, said some pretty harsh things, didn't they, and got themselves in trouble and had queens chasing them. But he did what the Spirit of God said to him. Now, there comes this amazing time when Elijah's ready to go to heaven. I want to go like this, don't you? Because he kind of didn't die, he just disappeared off. (laughs) 
That'd be nice, wouldn't it? None of this suffering and pain. We'd rather that, really. And so that's what happens. But before he does, Elijah says to Elisha, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion. I want a double portion of what you've got. Now, there are some people in my life, I think, I want a double portion of what they've got. And there are some people I think, I don't want anything of what you've got. (laughs) There are none of those people here. Do not look at the person next to you, all right? Okay. So I reckon that in these days, God is calling us to be spiritual mums and dads and spiritual sons and daughters. And what better thing that can there be. Now, I'm, not, I'm talking to these young guys too because you know what? When I was about 12 and we had a lot of 19, 20-year-olds in the church, I kind of thought, oh, wow, they're amazing. I want what they've got, okay? And uh, now I think, you know, there's some 60 and 70-year-olds. I want what they've got and 95-year-olds even. And who are those people who are going to be the spiritual mums and dads and the spiritual sons and daughters who we keep raising up. Don't you want all those kids to have a double portion of what you've got? We so want that. And as you go to the schools, I saw this beautiful picture recently. There was a picture of a girl in the middle and uh, two girls either side. And I knew this story. It made me cry because I thought a little while ago when I was at the core in Auburn, which was a very multicultural and poor and marginalised core, these Young girls on the side decided they wanted to bless kids who were doing it pretty tough. So they found kids like the current doorways and said, who could we bless? So they had a camp. They blessed them. They did all beautiful things for them. They had an absolute ball. And they said, that's not the end of it. We want to continue to invest. And so when mum and dad were absent, because dad was very absent, mum was sometimes there, They went to the school with her. They went to the birthday parties with her. They loved her. She found a church family. And this picture was her graduating from university, the first person ever in her family, and they were standing on either side of her. Don't you want that, friends? And there are kids out in that community who will need you to be the mums and dads. And then I was at uh, William Booth House the other day for their 150th anniversary. It was quite a spectacular thing. I was bounding up to the platform, missed the step, fell flat on my face, (laughs) broke the certificate. They're probably thinking, poor old lady. Anyway. (laughs) And they had testimonies. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful testimonies. And then I watched as Major David Twivey stood there and shared... I was in this place as a heroin addict 65 years ago and there I found God and my destiny was changed. And I saw his daughter standing next to him who now is the manager at William Booth House. And I thought on that day, 45 years ago, God changed the destiny of a family. So I reckon today we are to be double portion people. We are to be destiny changes. Did Elijah and Elisha have it all together all the time? Nope. Remember the sook in the cave, okay? Great victory, some downers, and yet he followed God and people said to him, I want what you've got. I want a double portion. So this morning, folk at 
Rev, you are to be double portion people. I think that is what God wants to say to you this morning. And I want you to have eyes to see up and down. Many of my heroes are up, but there's more down these days. And I look to them and think, I want a double portion of what they've got. So let's allow God to call us to that today for the sake of a world that is desperately needing Jesus, desperately needing mums and dads, absolutely needing spiritual mums and dads. That's you. And so let me pray that over you today. Father God, I pray that there would be every person in this building today would be a double portion person that people would look and think, oh my goodness, there's something different about them and I want it. And I pray, Lord, that we would train up those little guys out there to be double portion people, that they would just naturally love you, that they would naturally love people in this community. And God, I pray this over this church, that you would continue to put your favour on on this church, that you continue to put your blessing and that you would raise up people who would listen to the still small voice, who would raise up the prophets and the apostles and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers who would go into their communities and people would think, I want that. And so, Father, I pray that your spirit would be seen through every single person, that we would realise we don't have to be perfect. we just got to be authentic and vulnerable and that you will use us. So do it again and again and again. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Bless you.